1: We're going to need a bigger boat Yes, we're going to need a a bigger boat We're going to need a different fixture as well This is Duff's Deep Dive Thanks to the Toolkit uh, Depot Studio Of course, we come to you live Uh, Don't forget to shop winter at TKD And the Deep Dive, as always, is brought to you by Izuzu Uch You can leave your own way in the Isuzu D-MAX. I've got an interesting one for you today, Julian. What is that? So there's talk around that the AFL is seriously looking at a change to the fixture, um, going away from the compromise fixture that we have at the moment where you play everyone once and six other teams twice. And before this year it was five other teams twice before we had gather round in Adelaide to add the extra rounds. We might move to a situation where you play everyone once, you play your crosstown rival twice, so the the only teams in the main home and away fixture that, say, West Coast and Fremantle would play twice would be each other. And then the competition would split into three sections of six. So the top six would play for spots in the top four and serious flag contention. The middle six would play for the rest of the spots in the eight. Uh, so that would be basically six teams trying to claim two spots at the bottom end of the eight. And the bottom six would play for draft picks. I think this has got a lot of potential. It restores much integrity to the the competition fixture, which, it, let's face it, it, has precious little of it. Like this year, Essendon may get into finals. Essendon will play West Coast twice and North Melbourne twice. Well, that's like being given three birthdays in a season, playing those, those teams twice this year. Um, I just think it restores integrity, um, and I also think it eliminates tanking from the equation. And I, I think there is scope for the AFL to smooth out the bumps with a system like this. So the obvious bump is that the bottom six play for draft picks, right? Right which means that probably the best of those bottom six and not the worst of those bottom six ends up with um, a higher draft pick than they might have otherwise been entitled to. I think you can ease the chances that are happening by the way you do home and away. So um, there's five matches to be played in that last series. The teams at the top end of that bottom six should only get two home games and have to play three away games, whereas the teams and the bottom section of that bottom six should get three home games and play two away games. So you fudge it a little bit like that. And the other thing I think they can do also is the AFL is very much an interventionist brand. It's very much an interventionist code. So I think the AFL can still intervene and give priority draft picks if they believe Uh, a club really warrants it. If a club gets into a situation and is really bad, like West Coast and North Melbourne are this year, you can still work out a way to give them extra draft concessions or extra trade concessions to help them get up the ladder. I I think it's got a lot of potential. I think it's a far fairer uh, fixture, and um, I think it's a, a potential way forward if the football industry can get its head around change. What do you reckon?
0: I can already hear the rebuttals to this system, which I, I agree with you. I think it, it, you're looking for fairness where there is none, and until such a time that you either scale it back to you play everybody once, which is never going to happen because there's no way that the AFL is going to have reduced revenue for less games, or... Or you have everyone play each other twice, which would turn it into a thirty-four game season, and there's no way in the world that the players' association would ever go for that. So imagine,
1: imagine West Coast and North Melbourne having to go around for the thirty-four <laughs> <Four way>. games. Oh, <laughs> uh, there'd,
0: there'd be two, and there'd be two in sixty-six between them. Um, but you look at the, in the middle part of the tables where I instantly look, and so you've got the top six, you've got the middle six, you've got the bottom six. So, for example, a team that finishes. In seventh by the end of round 17, they get a kinder schedule than the team who finishes in sixth at the end of round 17. And so, if you finish in sixth position, for example, say, let's for argument's sake, Western Bulldogs and Essendon, same amount of points at the end of round 17, 40 points, let's in this hypothetical scenario. So, you're going to give the Bulldogs a tougher run because they have a one percentage better percentile than Essendon. They may miss the finals, but Essendon can shoot up into, you know, the top five, top four because they get a kind of schedule. So there's the first argument I can hear. The second argument I can hear is that you know teams at the bottom half of the six, well, then you enter the tank bowl, and then, you the way you suggested it was to have the would it be the top team in the top six get the better draft
1: pick. Um. So the way the top, in the top six basically in that section, the top teams get the extra home game. So there's five games in that that last section of the home and away round, right? Um, so top six, the, the top three get three home games, two away games. The next three get two home games, three away games. In the middle six, the same applies. The better performed teams get the three home games and the two away games. That is their reward for finishing further up the ladder. But down the bottom where you're trying to help reward the struggling teams, it goes the other way. So they get the struggling teams, the bottom three teams get the three home games and the two away games. But I think the point that you make that is valid is that teams in that middle six, let's say you're fourth, fifth or sixth in that middle six, you may attempt to tank towards the end of the first 18 rounds in a bid to get into the bottom six and play for better draft picks. But having said that, if you look at the way the competition goes at the moment, I think that that could happen now where teams would start to try and fade towards the bottom to get the better draft pick, but they don't because there's a chance of playing finals. So the lure of playing finals becomes absolute, I think, for these teams and they don't give up on that, that hope while there is hopes. Playing finals is big in, in an AFL system. I know premierships are said to be the be-all and end-all, but they're not. For some clubs, playing finals is big. It's big for memberships the next year. It's big, you know, you get into a final and you produce a strong performance in a final. It means a lot to a lot of teams. If you look at the way the system is at the moment, it's a nonsense, really. You know, they have to stage the draw so that struggling teams get, Better draws. They try and fudge it so that the struggling teams from last year play the struggling teams from last year early in the season to give the impression they're a little bit better than they really are, um, and hope that none of them. You know, well, they hope that some of them jump up and you know jump out of the water and climb the ladder quickly, but build some momentum and confidence out of all of that. But it, but it is a nonsense at the moment, and it is too compromised. They still have the means to intervene on a struggling club's behalf because they just do. The The AFL makes up rules as it goes along to suit themselves. Yep. So, I, so I think they still have the option of doing that. I do think the one potential glitch in it all is something that you mentioned, that maybe some teams towards the bottom of that middle six will tank their way into the bottom six to try and get better draft picks.
0: Well, even at the top end, of say you're at position five or six towards the end of it, and you're looking at trying to make finals, if the incentive is there to lose a couple of games, drop back to seventh or eighth, then you get a kind of run in the run to the finals, assuming that you still have the whole ladder at play here, to get a kind of run in those last five games. Then you can leapfrog a couple of teams that are in sixth place, in fifth place, because they've got a tougher schedule.
1: No, that, that, that doesn't apply, because the top six are playing for the top four. So when you go into the top six, you're not finishing any lower than sixth. So 7th seventh, yep. seventh and 8th, ninth and 10th can't leapfrog you. Basically, what you're striving for is six are playing for four. Um, and and then the ones that miss out on the top four, they finish fifth and sixth. That's that's how it works. You can't jump in. The, the way you would have to do this is that there's no way that a team can jump from its bracket of six into another bracket of six. So So we're basically, once you get to round 18 and everyone's played... Each other uh, once, and you've played your crosstown rival twice. Then basically, those the three sixes are set in stone. It's just the order within those those sixes. The other complicating thing I think would be in Victoria, um, who plays who twice. Yeah. So you've got the great Essendon Collingwood rival, which is born out of the Anzac Day clash. You've got the great Carlton. Collingwood rivalry, which is probably the most traditional of those suburban club rivalries. Where does Richmond fit in? Because Richmond has become such a giant of the competition again in the Damien Hardwick era. Where do they fit into it all? So there are complications to this but I do think overall it is a far better system than the one we've got now. Um, unnamed text coming through on the temper at bedshed text line. Does the top team in the bottom six get the number one pick or the bottom team? No, you play for the number one pick. So basically the team that wins that bottom bracket of six, they're the ones that get the number one pick. So if the AFL was needing to equalize because a team is really struggling, they would have to find other means to do it. But let's face it, the AFL does. Yeah. When something needs fixing, the AFL just steps in and takes whatever means it needs to take to fix it. We call it, you know, Rule 57A, just making it up as you go along, basically. Um, It's it's a bit like that rule they have to um, punish people, conduct prejudicial to the AFL interests. I mean, that could be picking your nose in public if they decided it was prejudicial to the AFL's interests, really. You know, they they have these catch-alls, and they can still implement means to make sure that struggling clubs get the help they need and and this year you know like they may decide that north melbourne needs priority picks i don't see how they could with what north melbourne has got running around in that midfield that midfield is going to be a very very good midfield in about 2 years time
0: i just i look i think it's fairer in an unfair system i agree with you wholeheartedly on that but i just think back to the in, especially the way that it would need to be safeguarded. That once you're in your bracket of six, overall, you can't leapfrog it. But I don't know if I trust them not to go back to the old final systems they had in the early 90s, the first time they had the top six, three played four and five V6. So you can't just drop it in there without these safeguards. As long as you put these safeguards in, and like you said, to make it competitive in the bottom half of the six to play for the the top half of the to play for the top draft pick, as long as you make sure that you're looking after, for example, I mean, in a top in a bottom six situation, West Coast is still going to be uncompetitive. As long as you are able to look after teams that were particularly bad, I think this is where we do need to go because where it is at the moment, we're going to have this argument eternally, essentially. And while West Coast are particularly bad, and this is going to be a case for a couple of years, and North Melbourne have been particularly bad for about five or six years, there's going to be another Essendon that get into the finals because they have a softer schedule.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Because the first 18 rounds are the ones that determine the top six. So they're the ones that really, their case to play finals is set in stone. They have played everyone once, they've played one team twice, and they are in the top six. So therefore, they've earned the right to play finals. The next... Six are fighting for the right, for spots at the bottom end of the eight. And let's face it, like some years that is a foregone conclusion. And some years it's a logjam. Like this year it's a logjam. So why shouldn't those teams fight for those two spots? I think it, you know, it creates a really gripping sort of um, uh, scenario. So I think it's got a lot of merit. And do you know what the problem with the current system is, Julian? Yeah. This weekend, West Coast will play North Melbourne at Optus Stadium and the winner loses. Mm. If, Big time. If North Melbourne wins this game, there's no way West Coast are catching them on the ladder. So, therefore, North Melbourne have lost any chance of getting to Harley Reid. If West Coast wins, they draw even with North Melbourne on points and they'll still be away off them on percentage. But they've only got a fluke, another win, and they are above North Melbourne and they lose access to Harley Reid. Now, how hard are you trying, really? Now, we all hear teams don't tank. What? Do we believe in a flat earth and tooth fairies and that sort of thing? West Coast supporters might get five days of joy out of beating North Melbourne this week because of what they've been through this year. They might get 10 years of pain if they lose access to Harley Reid and he wins three Brownlow medals and two Norm Smith medals in the next decade. Yeah. So, you know, let's just apply logic here. What are you doing if you're West Coast? How hard are you trying? You might not send them out on the ground saying, whatever you do, don't win. But you're probably picking a team for, in inverted commas, experience or experimentation, trying to see what we've got, exploring our list, all these little cliches that come up at the end of the season when teams know that losing is probably better than winning. It's just blood in the youth. Blood in the youth, yes. Exploring yeah. our list. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing what we've got, seeing how he'd go in that position, like Brady Hoff on Charlie Kerner. Well, we, I could have told you how he was going to go in that position before the ball was bounced. He was going to go not very well. We'll take a break. What do you think? You can have your say on the temper at bedshed text line. There's some, uh, some good text coming through on that. That is 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line 13 12 55. We're coming to you live from the Toolkit Depot Studio. Don't forget to shop winter at TKD. And we are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Utes. You can live your own way in the seven-seater Isuzu MUX. And as always, Isuzu Utes bring you dust Deep Dive. Back after the break.